Genesis chapter 6 and verse 4. We started here last week. Let's continue uh, this morning. Here it goes. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Now, this scripture really stands out in the message translation. Uh, you may have other translations you're reading, but I really like what Eugene Peterson did when he translated this because he, he forcefully took the original language and put the onus on the reader to say, this is my responsibility. I have to take a careful inventory. I have to look. I have to take an exploration of my own soul. I have to see what God put inside of me. What's my passion? What's my pain? What's my proficiency? Someone should write a book with those things in it. Um, all, all this, and, and take that now and say, where, where does that fit? What is the work that I've been equipped for? What's the work that I've been given to do? So let me ask you three questions off of this. We're going to take a, a, a walk down a lane here this morning dealing with your time and how you spend your time. I'm going to challenge you from the Word of God today to take a good look, a good inventory, to, to carefully explore some of the things that you have responsibility for, that you have to take responsibility for before the Lord. You guys doing all right? Three questions. Consider this. No right or wrong answer, but I'll, I'll judge you regardless. Here we go. Which is greater, wisdom or faith? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I, I don't know if there is a right answer here. But I think sometimes people say, you know, I, I just want faith. I want to raise the dead. I want to heal the sick. I want to yeah, go fishing and gold coins come popping out of a bluegill's mouth. I want to, I want to cleanse the lepers. I want, to, I want to believe for great things. How many of you guys know there's nothing wrong with that? Jesus told us to live that way. Somebody say amen. But there's another part of life. That, that, that lives just according to the rhythms of what God has created. And by doing so, let me just say this. I think sometimes the miracles we need are because of the wisdom we lacked. See, some of you guys have debt and you thought that was cool. Some of you guys are like, I don't know what he's talking about. Listen, if I need a financial miracle, my money problem may have nothing to do with money at all. If I need a healing miracle, my, my, my healing problem may not be a, a faith problem at all. So which is greater in the day-to-day -day life? Which one would you rather build your life on, faith or wisdom? It's just an interesting question. Next one is this, being blessed or being self-disciplined? Which one is greater? If we're looking at to harness the power of a meaningful life, make a careful exploration, do the work we've been assigned to do, which is greater in our everyday? Is, is it just being blessed by God? I, I didn't have anything, and there was nothing prepared, I didn't know, and then God blessed me, or self-discipline so that those, those blessings um, are, are something other than that? Does that make sense? So which one, how many guys, just by a show of hands this time, just so I know you're still awake, because it's 20 degrees in here, you gotta be awake, right? Come on. How many guys would rather be blessed? Let me see your hand. How many guys would rather just be self-disciplined? How many guys wouldn't raise your hand no matter what I said? Good, because that's about a third of you, all right? Third one, consider this. Chronos and kairos. These are two Greek words used in the Bible concerning time. They can both be translated time, but they mean something different. Chronos, like chronology or chronograph, is the passing of time. It's, it's, it's time. It's seconds, it's minutes, it's hours, it's days, it's weeks, right? The passing of time. And kairos, the opportune moment, that moment when it all comes together. Which one do you think is more powerful in the hands of our king? How many guys know Jesus is good? He has a good life for us. How many, how many guys want kind of all of these things and more, right? So I'd, I'd say this. I'd say there's no replacement for faith, blessing, and the seizing of opportune moments. I mean, if you're going to live a life that's worth celebrating for eternity in the presence of the king who gave you that grace, then we're going to have to have faith. We're going to need blessings. And when the moment comes, we can't back down. Somebody say amen. But can we also say this? I'd make a passionate case for the importance of wisdom 
and self-discipline in all the day-to-day chronos that God has given us. Right? So I think, and this is what I'm saying, following Jesus is not just about the, the moment of faith, not just about the supernatural blessing, not just about the Kairos moment. Following Jesus is an ongoing exercise that is bolstered by wisdom, come on, by self-discipline, right? And, and by understanding the power of the chronos, the, the ticking of the clock as we live this life towards eternity, every one of those ticks needs to have a purpose. If we would structure our time, as many of us have structured our money, we would have a greater prosperity of our soul as we now have a greater prosperity of our dollars. When we waste money, we have little of it. When we waste time, we have little of it. The person that is so overwhelmed with everything that's happening in their life today, their to-do list is like Adam and Eve's. It's just endless. Fill the earth, so do it. I'm so overwhelmed. It's so hard. My life is so... I haven't had a day off in six weeks. And the person that took a day off and the person whose life is ordered, let me tell you something. I'm not saying one doesn't have more to do. I'm saying they both have the same amount of time given to them by God. They both get 24 hours and 20 minutes or whatever it is, Right? That's all they get. When you get that, that is God saying, this is what I give to you. It's invested. It's wasted. It's spent. It's up to you. But I'm giving you this season, this chronos of going by. So I love those moments, guys, where, where these great things of faith and blessing and kairos moments come. But let's be honest. There are certain things that have happened in human history that we see the, the fulfillment of all of them. I, I would dare say this. Certainly David was blessed because when you fight a nine-foot giant, who's been dragging his hairy knuckles on the ground since he was 12. He's got a shield. He's got an armor bearer. He's got a spear. He's got a sword. He's got a breastplate. He's got a helmet. And you're a kid wearing like a a Fred Flintstone outfit with a rock. And you win that fight, you're blessed. And and he took his Kairos moment and and he said, I will go and fight this giant for the king. Let Israel not be afraid. I will go and fight him. And you're looking at like, you know, Willie, (laughs) Davey. Like, you're going to go do what? Come on, that's crazy. But I think it was almost like a test case. Like, well, we don't need the kids. Send them. See what happens. <laughs> we're, we're at war. He's the pizza delivery man. I, we can do without a pizza delivery There's plenty of pizza delivery man. Just send them. See what happens. Right? So in this moment, we, we see all these supernatural things come together, but true or false, David spent a lot of time staying in the sheep, cultivating the heart of a shepherd, understanding the power of of God, as, he, as he, he literally with his hands, with a stone, with whatever, is killing bears, killing a lion. Like, like this guy's just one more thing on the hit parade of who's going to die because they dared defy the living God. So that's a moment, yeah? But behind the moment, there's days and weeks and years of anonymity behind the scenes. No one knows what's going on but David and Jesus, right? Think about this one. Daniel, oh, I love this video screen. Oh. I can see the hair on Daniel's arms. It's beautiful. I love it. Daniel in the lion's den, right? Here's a guy that that seized his moment. He's been thrown in there because he dared pray when the the king had been tricked into making a proclamation that no one would pray except to the king. He prayed to to the God of of all creation. He prayed to Jehovah and Yahweh and so forth. So he just, you know, took the one guy with many names and he prays to him and he gets busted for it and he gets thrown in the lion's den. Well, let me tell you something. That, that is a blessed moment when he comes out of there and the lions are still hungry. That, that is a kairos moment because when he comes out, the king says, there is no other God but Daniel's. And if anybody says otherwise, then they get thrown in the lion's den. Like I, a lot of people converted that day. Right? But behind that moment, true or false, 
the reason he's there is because he prayed three times a day. And when the king said, don't do it, he said, I pray three times a day. It, it, was, it was the self-discipline. It was the wisdom of Daniel that got him before the king to begin with. Listen to what I'm saying, you guys. We, we cannot become so Pentecostal, so charismatic, that we forget the beautiful things that have been delivered to us by a lot of other great Christian traditions. I, I just believe in financial miracles. That's great. Where does faith go for it? But there's also a Dave Ramsey, the debt Nazi, that tells you how to spend your money properly. Well, which one's bright? And the answer is yes. God is a God of miracles, yes? He's also a God of wisdom. He established the foundations of the earth, the Bible says, with wisdom, not with Shazam. That was Shazam, but it was wisdom and Shazam, right? Now take a look at this. Jesus coming out of the tomb. That's a Kairos moment. If, if the word Kairos is invented for anything, it's that moment where Jesus defeats death, hell, the grave, comes back to life, walks out, and everybody celebrates Easter, right? But behind that moment, true or false, Jesus grew in stature and in nature and in respect and in influence, and the teachers marveled at him, his parents marveled at him, his brother. Jesus prepared for 30 years for three years of ministry. We prepare three years now for 30 years of ministry. And I didn't even do that. I'm sorry. If you went to Bible college, like, that's not fair. It's like, I didn't even go to Bible college. You're way ahead of me. So what's the point I'm trying to make today? I, I, I think we've got something, but let's, let's put it someplace where it fits, right? I, I want you to consider this. We can always get more money, but we'll never get more time. If you waste money, we can get more. If, if you misspend money, you know, thank God we live in a country that can declare bankruptcy in seven years. You can't buy anything else, but you're free from the Lord. Like, like if, if you blow money, then, then you can always fix that. Amen? But if you blow time, it's blown. You know that second we just passed through together? It's never coming back again. Aren't you glad you're not on a lake right now? Thank you. One. And that was really, I really had to squeeze Matt to get that one. I was a little amen button. Amen, right? So... Today, I want to look at time and how it's spent. This is 24 hours. It starts at 6 o'clock. Can you guys see that, the 6 a.m. on the left side? You can see that? <laughs> okay. All the way down to 5 a.m. on the other side. What I'm talking about today is, is um, we, we talked about rhythms last week, how God gives us rhythms, where there's, there's a certain, you know, the seasons come and go, the days come and go. We talked about Sabbath and working from the blessings of God, from rest into the rest of the week. I showed you in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 where Adam and Eve began. They were created on day 6, and day 7 of creation was their day 1, if that makes sense. So, it, like, they got the whole assignment of what to do, and then the day came to do it in, and, and they said, no, no, it's, it's a day of rest. Just spend time with me. The, the biblical rhythm, everybody say rhythm, is to work from rest to work. So we start with inspiration. We start with rest. We start with prayer. We start with worship. We start with sitting on Abba's lap and hearing his heartbeat. We start for, as a child enjoying the rest. Like we start, we give God what's first, we give God what's right, and God blesses all that's left. Amen? So we talked about rhythms. Biblical rhythms, though, need to begin somewhere. And we're going to talk today about, like, let's just start with a blank 24 hours. And I'm, I'm going to show you kind of what, what I do, but by no means I'm saying that everybody do what I do. Like, I'm not saying that. If I put Dina's up here, you guys would, like, die seeing this woman's schedule. Um, I think it's individual, but I'm going to give you kind of a, a biblical and reasonable and applicable series of thoughts for you to consider about your own life. But the exercise today is to not get you to adjust your schedule to mine. The exercise today is to get you to look at the chronos in your life and say, am I utilizing this properly? Because money comes and goes, but time just goes. And I have to utilize it properly. Before you decide 
Um, what's first, though, on your priorities, let's talk about this. When God is honored with what's right, with what's first, we know that he blesses what's left. All throughout Scripture, uh, you know, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his, and then what happens? Then all these other things will be added unto you. Don't seek all the other things. Seek his kingdom, his righteousness. In other words, seek him, right? And from that priority, he will order the rest of your life in blessing. Um, if we're going to love something, what's the first thing we're supposed to love? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your flabby biceps, right? All your strength, right? Why? This is the first, and this is the greatest commandment, Jesus says. Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4, verses 6 and 7, he's, he's quoting there. Listen, what I'm trying to say is this. There are priorities to thing, and I would tell you this. Anything that I give to God as the first thing, the Bible repeatedly, whether it's the first fruits in the Old Testament, whether it's the tithe in the Old Testament, whether it's Sunday in the New Testament, the first day of the week. Did you guys know that the Sabbath is sundown Friday to sundown Saturday? That's the seventh day. So, the, so we actually meet on the first day of the week, not the last day of the week. And, and that may have confused you, but that's what I'm here to do. So good, good job, Jim. <laughs> Wonderful, right? So before you give what's right, what's first, what's best to the gym, to the boss, to talk radio on your way to Detroit for your daily commute, before you give what's first, what's best, and what's right to anybody else be, beside God, think about this. What is the best first hour of your day? I don't mean getting up at 3 a.m. so you can, you know, muddle through an hour with Jesus. What is, I, and I think it's, we can ask it both ways. I'm going to ask it the first way, the way I, I live it myself personally, and it's been a blessing to me. My best hour and my first hour is the same hour. It's from 6 o'clock in the morning to 7 o'clock in the morning. Your kid's last name is Brown. We have a code Brown in the nursery right now. Go get your kid, all right? Um, from 6 to 7, I wake up sometime between 5, 5.30, 5.45, but by 6 o'clock, I am back in bed with a cup of coffee, a bulldog, and my Bible. Can somebody just say hallelujah? <laughs> the bulldog is snoring. She's, she loves to find Dina's pillows and just kind of go circles on the pillows, claw at them. I don't know she's building a nest or something, and then, blah. <clears throat> Literally. You ever heard my bulldog snore? You ever heard my bulldog snore out the other end? I mean, she's a pro. Just, you know? And I've got, I've got my Bible. I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got the beginning of my day. I've got Starbucks. And I've got the best hour of every day that I look forward to every night when I go to sleep. Does this make sense? Now, Jim, I don't know how to pray for an hour. Then don't pray for an hour. I can't read for an hour. I don't have a good retention. Then don't read for an hour. This, these are the things that I, I would suggest that you do. Things like journaling. Write down what you're saying to God. If he speaks to you, write down what he says to you. Look for specific promises in the word of God that pertain to your life. You're dealing with fear, anxiety, prosperity, a blessed marriage, good kids, rotten kids. What are you dealing with? I promise you somewhere in the book, God is speaking to you. Like there's Kronos and Kairos time, there's Logos and Rhema word. The Logos word is reading it, getting in your heart, meditating on it, you know, thinking deeply, chewing on it, like a sheep would, would devour something, but then kind of goes into a stomach, they burp it up, and then they chew it some more, it goes to another stomach, they burp it up. Like, like we don't just read it like it's a meal. Like, don't do your devotion and move on. Stop until God speaks to you. Read until God speaks to you. Then stop is what I meant to say. So read, pray, worship, whatever you want to do. Just don't go back to sleep. Grab a coffee. Grab a bulldog. Grab a blanket. Grab us a holy place, a holy chair. Uh, but, but please, do me a favor. Don't call your daily commute as you listen to Christian talk radio your devotional time. You've got to go on a date if you're going to be in love. 
in marriage, you got to go on a date. I don't mean once a week. I, I mean, like, you got to have time. And so I would just challenge you. I, I don't know how to pray. You know, the only way I've ever learned how to pray, you know what it is? Pray. The only, the only way I've ever learned how to, like, read the Bible, you know what it was? I read the Bible. And sometimes I didn't understand something. I got the New International Children's Bible. I kid you not. Yeah, okay, I know I didn't go to Bible college. Thank you for bringing that up again. Um, but literally, like, Romans chapter 7, the things I don't want to do, I do, and the things I do want to do, I don't. Like, I, what is wrong with this guy? He sounds like he's three people. I looked it up in the children's Bible, walked away, and said, I understand what Paul's talking about. Right? So I don't get it. Don't glance over it. Like, like read Psalms and hear a broken heart cry out to a loving God. Read Proverbs and hear the thoughts, the innermost thoughts of the wisest man who ever lived. Open up any of the Gospels and anything that's written and read is that the breath of God breathed on this generation, on your family, on your life, on your mind, on your spirit. Jesus will teach you how to live if you'll get in his word. Jesus will teach you how to love if you get in his presence. Jesus will teach you how to forgive because you don't have a choice once you read his word and you've understood his presence. Jesus will teach you how to work things out. Listen, the, the life that God has for you, does, it, it has to begin. Honor him with our number one, whatever our number one is in your life. I promise you that in doing this, journaling, studying, memorizing, like look what happens. If you honor God with a single hour, you're going to bless the 23 others. You see that in scripture? Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and then what happens? Everything else, right? Give me the first fruit, first, and then I'll open up, I'll open up the, the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you can't contain. Why? By honoring him with what's first. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, all this stuff. Listen, everything God says to put himself first in, it's not because he's insecure or arrogant. It's because it's right. And from right, righteousness pursues. From blessed, blessing pursues. Are you still here? Come on, somebody say amen. Listen, look at this. If you honor God, he's going he's to bless the other 23 hours. He's going to bless your spirit, your soul, and your body. He's going to bless your family, your health. He's going to bless your finances, your career, and really just anything that's important to you. Like when you give him what's right, he blesses what's left. When you give him what's first, he blesses what's next. Does this make sense? Well, I don't know. I don't have time to do this. Then fight without his blessing. Work without his blessing on your work. Be in relationship without his presence to guide you. There's only one thing harder than finding that hour. It's trying to live the other 23 without that hour. In my life, I'm sorry, that's oxygen. That is my snorkel to heaven. I live in this world, and I need something that's higher than this world that I can breathe in so I can kind of hold my breath or let it out slowly throughout the course of the day. So here's, the, here's again. Nice, comfy place, best hour of the day, cup of strong, licking ashtray, coffee. I mean, so black, you got to chew before you swallow. Mm. Hallelujah. A snoring bulldog, the presence of God and the word of God. Give him what's first. I could just stop right here. I probably should stop right here. No, I got nine minutes. I keep going. I get paid by the hour. I'm sorry. This is on me. No. Are you getting this? Can you feel it? This, this are not my words making your emotions move. I believe this is the Holy Spirit saying, come on. I'm not telling you something you didn't already hear from God, am I? I'm, I'm a reminding voice. I'm a confirming voice, not a voice of revelation. You've been neglecting that, that blanket, that cup, that time with God. I, then please take inventory of the rest of your life. True or false, it isn't getting better without that. 
true or false. If it is, it's a flywheel that you've been pushing, pushing, pushing in his presence, and then you stop pushing because you got busy. It was summertime, vacation. Yeah, it's still spinning, but it's not spinning as fast as it was, and it is slowing down. And the effort that it takes to get it spinning again, why not just keep it spinning, man? Why not just keep it spinning? Remember, just like the Sabbath positioned us to work from rest, doing this, now you're working from God's blessings instead of for God's blessings. I know I'm taking extraordinary time on a four-point sermon to give you one point, but there it was. Do nothing else I say but do this. I mean, literally, you are not the same person a year from now. Literally, you don't have the same situations in your life. It's just do it God's way and God's rhythms, and you get to surf. Do it without God's way, without God's rhythm, and you're going to be swimming. The wave does all the work, people. (laughs) Yes, it takes a little bit of effort to get up on the wave, but once you're on top of the wave, the blessings of God carry you, literally. They carry you. So what's the second most thing to put on our, on our calendar? I think it's rest. Say, oh, gee, here comes the rest speech. I know. Um, but it's, you know it's proven? Like, like there's, an, there's an hour for people that's an hour too little or an hour that's just right in sleep. Let me just say this to you. For some people, it's four hours. Some people, it's eight hours. For some people, it's 10 hours, 11 hours. So, oh, you're lazy. You sleep 11 hours. Some people need a lot of rest. And frankly, if they're children, we need a lot of peace. So we'll take a lot of rest. Go take a nap. Here, here, take your juice box. Why does it say Benadryl? Just drink it. Just go. Just, it tastes funny. Just drink it. Go. Right? right? But, but did you know that there's a, if a person consistently gets one hour too little of sleep, whatever their sleep pattern is, their chance of a heart attack goes up 50%. One hour. The, the deepest part of our sleep patterns where we spend not, not a whole lot of time, but it's shocking. The body recoups. The, it recovers. It rebuilds. It regenerates. On a cellular or even molecular level, you must have patterns of rest. One of the great things that we are suffering from right now. I mean, guys, remember back in the day, cigarettes were fine until someone discovered that all that choking up black tar was probably a bad thing, and then they put a skull and crossbones on the pack. Remember those days? I'm telling you, the same thing's happening right now in our culture of sleep. We will realize in the next 10, 15 years all the time of electronic media, all the time on the phone, all the time staying up, staying up, staying, and then waking up all bleary-eyed, it is doing more harm physically to us than we have any knowledge of. Listen, there's a rhythm that God established. There's a reason it's light, and there's a reason you can't see in the dark, right? And then Edison creates a light bulb, and then Steve Jobs creates hell in a hand basket, and here we go, right? Look, look at this. Look at this quick 2000. This is from 75 to 2002. Now, I know this is an old study. Like, how many of you guys weren't even born in 2002? Shocking, Luke. It's just shocking how young you are, right? But look what's happening. Sleep is going down as work is going up. Now, what do you think's happened since 2002? You think that trend's reversed? And if we took away the word work and we just put in activity, in other words, you know, oh, look, Bubba got roses for Susie. Oh, Susie's a happily married person. Oh, oh, they're mad. Oh, Donald Trump. Oh. Oh. Sorry, there was something in the back of my teeth, right? I think it's gotten worse. So you see, the, the, you see that what's happening is things that should be here and here have traded places in priority. We're giving up sleep for other things. It's dangerous, guys. Sleep-deprived people have bad decision-making skills because they just want to just, whatever you want, I don't care. I don't care where we eat. Okay, let's go to Burger King. I hate Burger King. Their Whoppers have vegetables in them. I don't want to go there. Reflexes are bad, so we get into car accidents. Emotional state is bad, so you know what that does to relationships. Ongoing confusion, mood swings, frustrations, mood swings, confusion, mood swings. When I'm tired, I am crabby. I'll actually be crabby, but I'm sorry, I'm just really tired. Like, that excused me being mean for the last four hours. 
I have an explanation as to why I'm being an idiot right now. Therefore, I, I'm exonerated on all charges. I killed him, but I was tired. So, we're good, right? Those who don't get enough sleep, you know, they, they generally don't exercise properly. So now it's costing us in other areas. <laughs> the hardest thing to do when you're tired is put on your tennis shoes and go for a run. How many of you guys know when you're tired, I'll go to the gym, is always followed by a comma and the word tomorrow. <laughs> right? We don't live proactively. A lot of reasons in that. We're, you know, we're going to eat at restaurants because the energy to cook and clean and we'll just drive through. They generally don't eat right. They don't interact with others properly. And, and I think most of them are, they just don't recreate. Now, now, like recreation or recreation, there is a recreation physically, emotionally, and spiritually that happens when we rest. You think, I'm going to dog you on this. Wait till our speaker next week, General Belusky, is like the rest Nazi. He is going to be like, like you're going to be weeping by the time. You're going to be so repentant next week, <laughs> except for Pastor Jason. But everybody else, everybody else is going to be awesome, right? So this is where I put my sleep from about 11 p.m. To, to, to 6 a.m., so through 5 p.m., I end my day with about seven hours of sleep. I can do six. I can't do eight because how many of you guys know after 50, your hips get sore and you got to go to the bathroom? I want you to notice the people that laughed are my age or older. People are younger like, well, why do you got to go to the bathroom? Just stay in bed. It's like, oh, I can't wait for you to be old. It's going to be awesome. Take Geritol twice a day. So, you know, obviously, guys, I would say this. We need to do more than sleep and pray. Right? But let me just say this. If the foundations of the rest of our life are not placed, if the rhythms of what's first isn't first and what's supposed to be our pause that God's given us, like we, we can't go without sleep. There's no commandment that tells you to sleep. You know why? Because you're going to sleep whether you want to or not. But sleeping properly, like eating properly, like exercising properly, like, like stretching ourselves properly, all of these things are, are vital. They're foundational. So the next thing we should add to our calendar is work, right? There, there, and let me just say this. Well, work is, you know, I go to church on Sunday, that's sacred. I go to work on Monday, that's secular. Please hear me. Everything we do before the Lord as his children is sacred. So you can take Jesus to work. It's take Jesus to work day. Right? Don't bring your son. Bring God's son. It's going to be awesome. Wear a t-shirt. So um, think about it this way. Our work honors God, right? We're, we're created to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do, Ephesians 2.10. It is a form of worship. Because whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord, right? So um, it provides for our family. Some of you guys know that's, that's a sacred trust. God gives you a family. God gives you a job. What do you think he's saying? Go to work. Do a great job, right? It provides for our church. I mean, again, the, the great stories we're hearing is because people took their time, traded their time for resource, then resource was given to the Lord in the name of those who are in need, and it created that dynamic, and it, it provides for our community. Now, let me just say this to you guys. Um, in the rhythms God's established, th there's a lot of hours available to work. In the summertime, I think I'm right, there's about 17 hours of daylight in Michigan, right? And then in the wintertime, there's about four, <laughs> nine, I'm sorry, about nine hours of daylight available to us. So I, I, I think there are seasons, potentially, especially in agriculture and harvest and planting and, you know, like, the, like the, that corn, that wheat, that, that garden, it needs a lot of sunlight. So God says, I'll just, I'll just send it 17 hours, man, all day long. It'll be like in a grow room, right? But, but in the wintertime, it's dark and you can't work as much. It's cold, so you can't be out as much. It's, it's just the way that it works. So depending on what your work is, and how strenuous it is to you physically, emotionally, spiritually, I would think that it, it is not unhealthy to work up to 12 hours a day 
on a six-day-a-week basis. I, and I think we have to define work. I don't mean you're at the factory for 12 hours, six days a week, and then you've got to commute, you've got to exercise, you've got to, now, we're, now we're getting into other things that are more important. But I'm saying this, if you have any ability to change your schedule, I think it's honorable to work 12 hours a day, six days a week. I don't think that's working too much. But let's take a couple other situations. My son and my perfect daughter-in-law just had a baby. They're working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. She didn't sleep at all last night. Didn't do do do. She was tossing and turning. You're way too young. All night. So she uh, kept her awake. So my son's back up in the studio right now, you know, controlling things. <clears throat> Trying to, you know what I mean? I had Hollis this morning, my grandson, for 45 minutes. A terrible burden on me. Terrible. Terrible. I, he owes me hundreds and hundreds of dollars for watching that terrible child. Perfect child, you know. And, and I, know I have other friends right now. They're fighting stage four breast cancer. That's metastasized to the pelvis, to the sacrum, to the brain. How many of you know that, that the, the one who's healthy in that situation has a full-time, like there's three little kids, there's a house, there's a lawn, there's bills to be paid. I mean, her, her job is to get better. His job is to be mom, dad, doctor, counselor, friend, right? So let me say this. When I talk about this, the perfect schedule, how many of you guys know sometimes the perfect schedule is impossible? But, but we're talking about the chronos. How many of you guys know sometimes it is possible? And we're still living like we're in an emergency. We're still eating like we don't have time. We're still exercising like we don't have time to exercise. There's a rhythm. There's a pattern that God's established for us that we can do. I want you to remember, by, by working the 12 hours, six days a week, you are beginning to, it's going to cost you in other areas. And so just, just look at this. 11 hours a day, including preparation, commute, we'll call it exercise, grooming, showering, driving. Like there's, there's this... I would just call that work. Now, you might work eight hours and do three hours in the gym and grooming and, and training. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just simply saying this. You've got to, I have about 11 productive hours. I give that first hour to God. I've got about 11 productive hours. I need about seven hours of sleep. And then there's this last thing that we all need. You ready? Each other. People. Time. Um, I put down some personal things. I almost removed U of M last night and put in Ohio State. I am that sick of the slime. That's sorry, flush, keep moving. Right? So family, friends, fellowship, food, hunting, deer, you know, cheering for the deer, shooting U of M, whatever it is, right? You need that time. Why? Because you have to recreate. How many of us know God didn't just create you to work the garden, He created you to walk in the cool of the day with Eve? So yesterday or Friday, we had a Sabbath day's rest. My wife and I took a, was it five miles, babe, five and a half miles? Just took a walk, but it wasn't, it wasn't the walk. It was, it was a walk. Oh, look, there's a Taco Bell. When did they get here? Oh, there's a puppy. Look at the bird. Remember we used to live there? What are we going to do today? I don't know. You getting hungry? Yeah. It, it's just, how I many guys know you need time? Your marriage needs time. Your children need time. Your friendships need time. You need time. Someone gave me a hammock about a month ago. It's changed my life. <laughs> you say, that's dumb. Yes. But it's so cool to go outside on a cool fall day, stick my feet up. I don't know why, but my bulldog hates it on the hammock. She's afraid I'm going to fall. And so she tries to jump on the hammock and makes me fall. She, she chews on my rear end from underneath. It's just funny. And then eventually she gets tired and goes and eats a pine cone or whatever dogs do or it's rid of a pine cone. And we, I, I get out my phone. I'm just sitting there reading my Bible. Actually, this sermon yesterday, I'm sitting in my hammock just going over this, thinking about this moment right now. Time. 
Dina's off doing some errands. We, you know, Friday was a day of rest. Saturday was a day of work. So I worked on the yard and worked on the pool and getting things ready for the fall. And you walk, you step back, you go, ah, I was created to tend the garden, just like my great, great, great grandfather. Look how beautiful that is. Satisfying. Sat in there and thought about this. Listen, here's our 24 hours, guys. I mean, that's, that's kind of mine. And you throw in there a Sabbath day that's just, just that, what is that, orange? Just that orange color? The whole day. Or maybe it's gold. The whole day. And I'm telling you, there's these rhythms. Man, how many guys would rather live like that? So do this for me, will you? I have to go to Swartz Creek because I told Pastor Caleb I would sneak in, cry in the back row like a grandfather should or a father should or whatever. But before I go, literally I'm going to say amen, walk off the stage and get in my, my giant SUV, my, my Subaru Impreza. That's not really all that Impreza at all. It's great gas mileage. Is that your life? Or is your life something so different from that? There's not enough rest, not enough recreation. Like literally, I put 11 hours of working in every day. And I got seven hours of sleep. And I got five hours of just putzing in the garage and picking my nose and scratching my head and chasing the dog and swimming in the pool and making out with my wife. Five hours every day. And the Sabbath? Make out all day long. Pleases God, pleases me, everybody's happy, you know. <laughs> but is that your life? Like, I mean, when you lay it all out, like, like so here's my challenge to you. I, I really, you should take a look at it. Because until you look where you're spending your money, you're wasting a lot of money. Until you look how to prioritize your spending, you'll never get out of debt. You'll just borrow more money. You'll never, you know, save for things that are important to you. Because you just, you just don't spend money properly because you haven't given it its proper place and value. Well, if that would be unwise or even a sin, how much more with our time? We can get more of this. This is going. We just shared it. Last 30 minutes is gone now. We'll never get it back. But we can invest it. And from here, my prayer is that you'll take this and go and go and go. By a show of hands, not ashamed. We're Americans. How many guys could admit right now your life is a little out of the rhythms that we've discussed? Can I see your hand? So here's your homework assignment. Repent. And, and that's a commandment, but, but listen to the promise. Because the kingdom of heaven is near. It's at hand. Which means this. I, I see where I'm going. I see the way Jesus wants me to go. I repent. And as I reach out to take hold of it, it won't be some nebulous thing way off in the distance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Change the direction. Change your course. And now as you take that step, you're walking in it. The kingdom of heaven is near. This isn't some, if I do this for 14 weeks. This is not the slim fast diet. This is your life. You will benefit day one, hour one, literally week one from the first thing. You say, I've been out of rhythm. I've been kind of, and now I'm just going to, one direction, you're going to catch a wave. Stay on the wave. So Father, I pray for my friends. I pray this congregation has so graciously honored me on my birthday and as a pastor and as a friend, God, all I want today from them is for them to be blessed, God. So if they didn't get me a card, I don't care. But if they ignore what was just spoken to them, I will be so grieved and so sad. We, we need wisdom, not just blessings. We need chronos, not just miraculous kairos. We need self-discipline 
catch a wave for your glory and build your kingdom, God. So I, I pray rest. I pray play. I pray honor. I pray blessed work over them now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Give us wisdom now. Not a miracle that rescues us after our third heart attack. Now, here, make a decision. In your presence, God, we make a decision and we reach out for it because you're right there. You're so good and you're right there waiting us for us to say yes, to, to get into the sink, to get into rhythm, to get into the line and just follow you down a narrow road. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I got to go in 90 seconds. But if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, here today and you're just, your heart's a long ways from him. You know, the same thing I said about turning, repenting for the kingdom of heaven's at hand, same thing. Turn, turn towards him right now instead of away from him. Don't, don't fall for the lie that as soon as I'm good enough to love him, he'll let me love him. You'll notice the command we mentioned earlier today, the greatest, the first, the priority commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He never said, don't love me with your heart until your heart's perfect. He never said, you cannot love me, you can't approach me until your mind is just like my mind. Literally, he's just saying, what you have, bring it to me, who you are, come here. Come to me, all you who are weary, you're tired, heavy laden, you're, you're imperfect, you're out of balance, you're distant, come here, come here. All you are weary and heavy laden, Jesus says, I will give you what? Rest. You hear you're not right with God, don't, don't run from me, don't, don't run from your neighbor, don't run from you. Run to the one who says, come here, and he'll teach you how to walk. He'll teach you how to run. Someday he might even teach you how to fly. Father, I pray for those who would make these decisions today. Seal them now by your Holy Spirit and your word. Words are temporary, but your presence lasts forever. So place your presence on these words, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Altar workers are coming forward, and they're going to pray for you. Would you all stand your feet, please? And uh, I, I promise one last thing. Mr. Jones, Pastor Carl's dad, uh, had surgery and is having a hard time recovering, running a fever and all that kind of stuff. He wanted to come to church because he's just, I go to church, I go to church. I promised him that if he'd stay at home and took care of himself, I would say hi to him. But I think it'd mean more if we all did it. So would you all turn towards that camera right back there? And we're all going to wave and say, God bless you, Mr. Jones. We love you. Stay safe. Um, get better. Come and, you know, harass us next week. And if you need prayer, you need to come this way. Um, as you go home today, would you pray for a brand new church that started seven minutes ago? Amen. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Need prayer? Come this way. Guest reception that way. Live long and prosper.